Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the author's books and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. My name is Jason Gale, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Benjamin Smith, our lecturer in philosophy at Catholic Studies Academy. And as we get started today, I want to invite everybody, please hit that subscribe button, hit that uh, notification bell so that whenever we put out new content, you'll get notifications. Um, because we also have other videos um, and other things on our website and uh, on our YouTube channel where we have shorter videos in theology and philosophy that we are we are just trying to uh, really uh, provide some sort of way for Catholics to think deeper about uh, the things that we talk about here on the podcast and and a lot of other things and you know, the, the name of our podcast is Take Every Thought Captive, which we take from 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, which we say the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And uh, our topic today is just one of those topics that we're trying to uh, uh, defeat. And it's mm -hmm. one that's very just prevalent all over our society. And both Dr. Smith and I think it's, it's causing uh, quite, a, quite a bit of harm, not just to our society and culture as a whole, but also to the, the individual human person. And this goes back to some of the topics we've talked about before with the myth of self. Uh, so if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to those. They'll provide a great foundation for what we're going to talk about today. And the topic for today is, okay, we, we've talked about the myth of self. We've talked about these erroneous ideas about it. Um, but how can we have authentic self-understanding? Um, because it is very important that we do have mm -hmm. authentic self-understanding, um, you know, because there's, there's many errors out there. Right. you know, about how, well, you know, everything is, and we'll talk about this, how everything is this kind of undefined consciousness or something like that. <laughs> right. and, uh -huh. and, and how, you know, uh, everything is simply left to the autonomy of, of the self that we can determine mm -hmm. absolutely everything about us. Sure. And that's simply not the case. Right. Uh, and in fact, it's, it's anti-Christian. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what we want to do is kind of uh, uh, turn and look and see, okay, so we've talked about some of the problems and the issues with it. Um, but let's look, let's look at what is a, an authentic self-understanding? How do we come about right. that in a healthy way? I mean, sure. Uh, Cause that's the other aspect of it is the, the kind of, you know, even just contributing to the mental health of our society. Mm -hmm. um, so Dr. Smith, uh, as we get started here, you know, for, for a topic like this, what would you, what would you say to somebody, you know, why is this important to have this, yeah. you know, what, what, what does it matter if it, it how I define <laughs> myself or how uh -huh. I discover myself? Does mm -hmm. it, does it really matter? Or, you know, what, what's a, what's a big deal? Yeah. Right. It's a big deal if you get it completely wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's what you want to say. It's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's all well and good until you think you can fly and you can't. Yeah. Um, and I think what we have here is a situation in which we've latched on this idea, like you said, I think rightly, Jason, um, latched on this idea of autonomy being law unto yourself uh, to such a degree that that even, me, uh, you know, means that we should be able to define ourselves, become our own creator, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, put it in kind of Nietzschean terms to to be our own, be the, to be the artist of ourselves. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's. Um, uh, that's problematic because it's false, right? <laughs> it's delusional. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it doesn't lead us to a, a true and authentic understanding of ourselves. And we want to live in reality, right? We want yep. to, uh, we don't want to live in delusion or fantasy, right? Um, if we live in delusion and fantasy, then we'll get things wrong. We'll live poorly. We'll make decisions that are uh, uh, uninformed. We'll uh, relate to others in ways that um, are unfortunate and harmful. Yeah. Uh, and we'll miss, you know, um, the true purpose, right, of our being, which is packed into our being. Does that make sense, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we have a purpose. That purpose is objective. But if you get your being wrong, then that purpose, you're, you know, you're going to lose. And that's the true tragedy of life, right? You know, uh, as I teach my kids all the time, you know, the the most important thing, right, <laughs> is the ultimate end, yeah. And if you get everything else wrong and everything else goes badly in your life, uh, you know, if you're acting for the ultimate end, you're, you're succeeding, you're thriving. Right. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's okay to fail school and, and win life, <laughs> That's um, right, exactly. but yeah. it's, but it's horrible to, <laughs> to pass school and fail life. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's you a know, good way of putting it, Jason. We, you, you, and also, you know, I mean, for the, for the Christian, the, the, the goal you know, the goal of the Christian life is to make a sacrifice of yourself in imitation of Christ himself. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you can't do that unless you have this, this knowledge, this possession of yourself that scripture mm-hmm. even talks about self-possession, you know, um, right. that, that you can't give what you don't have. That's a basic sure. philosophical principle. Right. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you don't possess yourself in a, in a way that's based on reality and free from, mm-hmm. you know, addictions and, and mm-hmm. uh, sin, uh, mm-hmm. you, 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 it'll be very hard to make a true gift of yourself in the same, right. in a similar way as Christ did. So, I mean, for the Christian, this goes to, you know, what we're going to talk about really goes, I think, to, to the heart of, uh, um, living a, an authentic Christian life right. with, with right. bravery and with, uh, with courage. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right, Jason. Yeah. All right. So, so kick us off here, um, uh, with how do we begin to develop this authentic self-understanding Sure. Uh, first, I just think we'll, it'll be helpful to kind of review just in yeah. brief a couple of the points we talked about in our two previous episodes on this uh, uh, issue. <clears throat> the the one is that, you know, the myth of the self, right, is the the, the false modern idea of the self, yeah. which is the idea of undefined consciousness. So you're aware, but you have no definition. And because of your awareness, you're capable of uh, defining yourself however you like, right? Um, and this is really coupled with a methodology for self-discovery that's mm-hmm. false, right? So you have a yeah. false idea, right? Namely uh, of the self, namely undefined consciousness that's coupled with a false method of, of, of self-knowledge, uh, namely a kind of intuitive introspection mm-hmm. in which you abstract from what's called the separate self, right? Yeah. You abstract from and you, and you detach from the separate self. The separate self is all of those external relationships, uh, ex- uh, definitions that um, that try to um, uh, codify you or describe you in external ways. So bod- in bodily terms, historical terms, yeah. uh, relational terms like husband or wife or father or son, those sorts of things, right? That's not the real self. That's merely conventional, merely social and contingent. Yeah, right? society's so pushing like, those on you. Yeah. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so you got to break free from all that, right? And go inside yourself. And then, right, you can kind of discover your inner self or whatever you want to call it, right? 
So uh, in, in religious settings, that often ends up kind of veering into kind of something like pantheism. Pantheism. We talked about that last time. Yeah. Uh, you know that as an undefined consciousness, I am without limit, which makes me like the limitless thing that is God. Yeah, it's um, a frightening place to be. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the, those are not my words. Those are <laughs> Richard Rohr, by the way. So yeah. look that up if you want to. Um, but anyway, so that's that is the 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 kind of general picture we have i think that should be familiar like almost every move like it's like how many movies are based on that script right oh, oh yeah i've got to break free from being externally defined in this way but then i find my inner consciousness by i don't know uh going walking on the beach and and thinking about how i'm not defined by my marriage to my wife yeah i i, I remember i remember in high school doing this where you know you watch one of those movies where it's like this you know internal <laughs> right. journey but they like go on some epic road trip and like me and my friends <laughs> tried that and it was not like the movie we just <laughs> it's kind of boring yeah we just yeah, we ended up getting pulled over like not very fun <laughs> we got lost yeah I mean, it was not like the movies at all this whole okay. yeah <laughs> don't try it don't try it <laughs> So I think, you know, uh, in order to kind of avoid this trap and the kind of fantasy and delusion that it leads to, yeah, uh, I think, you know, what we want to do is develop a better understanding of the self, but I think that requires us to have a better sense of um, what we mean by understanding, what sure. we mean is a better, a better model of knowledge and learning. And thankfully that's available to us, right? And, <laughs> and it's actually kind of common sense. Yeah. Um, it, you know, to give it a philosophical term, uh, phrase, we can, or description, we can call it classical realism. And we've had uh, a previous episode on sure. classical realism. I think it's really helpful to go back to that one. Um, uh, I think that's when we, we got pretty, pretty, we got that one pretty well, Jason. <laughs> I think we got, <laughs> Don't that was brag, a good one. But... Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the basic idea here, the foundation of classical realism is a view that the the proper object of the intellect is truth, right? Mm -hmm. That is that the intellect is ordered towards truth. It's inclined towards truth, uh, which means uh, to say that it's inclined towards reality. So that when we find our intellect being actualized, being stimulated, when we find our intellect in operation, that's because it's in contact with, to some degree or the other, mm -hmm. uh, with um, being with reality, right? And so since our intellects are ordered towards truth, right, we can think that they're reliable, that the intellect is reliable, right? And then we want to discover uh, how is it that truth emerges, right? How is it that truth is discovered in the intellect? And um, the, the way Thomas articulates this, and again, he's in a lot of ways following Aristotle, is to think about it in terms of experience, to think about it in terms of experience, direct experience of external objects. So things outside of our own consciousness, okay? Yeah. Not inside the consciousness, but external to the consciousness, right? Uh, and that in that um, experience through sensation, right? Through seeing, touching, hearing, et cetera, we experience reality. Now, does, that, does that make sense, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like you said, it's it's common sense. Like this is the way that we operate every day. Mm. You know, we 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 see things, mm -hmm. we react to them. I, you know, operating a car, you turn it on, you step right. on the gas, you step on the brake. Uh -huh. Like you're 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 perceiving things, you're making decisions. Life, 
life and death decisions with right. you know gas pedals and things um but 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 you're 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 again you're you're basing it on reality you're basing it on sense perception uh-huh. i mean if you if you in you know even ben, uh, pope benedict has has made comment on this before that you know if we if we if we didn't operate this way uh-huh. uh, uh life would just be completely unlivable you know, <laughs> right, right right yeah 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 that's true you know and one of the things um it would be unlivable and, and it's, it's not true to life, right? It's not true to the way we act at all. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, to deny this, this approach. Right. Um, and I think, you know, it's very important to recognize the external orientation and the way in which this involves direct engagement with things outside of ourselves. Right. Yeah. One of the chief errors of modern philosophy has been in, in epistemology, and this is recognized by a wide variety of historians uh, and thinkers, uh, has been to, to, to think of the primary or the first object of knowledge as being inside of us. Yeah. Right? If, if you think, if you, if you put it on that model and then think, so how do I know that the thing inside of me matches the thing outside of me? Well, that's, you know, 200 years of modern skepticism right there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. And we don't want to go down that path again. We already know where that leads, yeah. so stop it, right? What we want to do instead is to recognize in a, in a straightforward way that what's given in experience is our engage, direct engagement with objects outside of consciousness. Yeah. Consciousness doesn't float in a vat. It always has an object. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, the, the the this is this is the kind of the the practical mm-hmm. uh, nature of the truth uh, uh, within this. I mean, this is the right. this is the way. And and I think one thing one thing also to point out to our to our listeners is you know when we talk about the senses, we're not mm-hmm. just talking about the eyes, ears, smell, taste, those kind sure. of things, right? Um, uh, maybe you could just you know bring in here, you know how do we engage because thomas brings up the internal census and i think this is mm-hmm. something that even catholics sure. we, we we forget about that when we're talking sure. about the experience of of senses it's not just we are mm-hmm. uh, uh taking in these objects for the first time but no those objects are interacting sure. with with our internal senses so sure. what are what are those for for our listeners there sure yeah so uh that's a complex topic but at least two things that you know you know ought to uh uh, come out here is uh, one is uh, imagination, uh, not in terms of concocting things, but yeah. in our ability to um, to re-experience objects through images. Right. Yeah. That is that we can. Uh, I can close my eyes and see my parents' house. Sure. Right. Without actually being in front of my parents' house. Right. That's imagination. Notice I'm not making something up that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? Rather, I am uh, imaging literally, right? Something that uh, I'm not directly seeing, but have seen. And that brings in, of course, also the role of memory, right? Yep. So, uh, so that memory and imagination, um, you know, so with memory, we get sequence, we get time, we get duration added into that uh, as well. And then also we have a faculty called, you know, the common sense. Now this gets a little bit, <laughs> I don't mean by common sense what we Yeah, co- yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's an internal, it's a sense power that allows us to experience the unity of things, right? Yeah. So we experience things uh, with sequence, with duration, uh, with uh, remembered and relived images, uh, re, uh, kind of re-experienced experiences, uh, and um, 
um, uh, as I say, with uh, with time and in, and in space, right? So that we experience the things as they are unified uh, in space, uh, insofar as they're approximate to one another. So yeah. it's kind of a rich, multi-layered uh, kind of thing that we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. So when we're talking about, you know, knowledge, gaining knowledge through experience, we're not just talking about like a like a video camera just takes in everything, mm. and it is later then processed. Like, right, right, like this, right. like the, this is a, the, the, the human person's a little bit more dynamic than a, than That's a right. camera, sure. you know, that, that, that all of these things are, are coming into play and that kind of myth of self mm-hmm. area or the, the, the myth of self error, you know, really says that, you know, those things, while they, they may be important or maybe mm. they maybe they're not important that's for you uh, to decide that's for you and to for decide, you yeah. to reject <laughs> right. how how you interact with uh-huh. those your memory you know your mm-hmm. the, your imaginations you know right. yeah that, that's all up to you you know <laughs> that's true that's true um whereas you know i think from a classical realist perspective right we say no it's not all up to you it's given it's there right it's impacting you it's uh you're experiencing it sometimes whether you like it or not right that's one of the things that's kind of interesting about experience right stuff happens and it's not always what you desire right um but it's still real right yeah and so that in in our experience the real is given now that doesn't mean it's always obvious often it is obvious but sometimes it's complicated and difficult and you have to figure it out but it doesn't follow that the real isn't given in experience and through our uh sensations of things through you know vision and sight and uh and, and imagination and memory right mm-hmm. so um that's a, i think a good you know sort of you know there's a lot more to say of course yeah you know, sure. uh, in terms of epistemology the study of knowledge uh for full you know kind of course in that or full a fuller treatment you know we have that uh both as a course but also uh you know as an episode on classical realism um so you know you might want to look back at that um but if you adopt this approach what's important for our purposes here is if you adopt a classical realist approach which again is kind of a common sense approach Mm -hmm. then you're going to get a much more definite and clear understanding of yourself right definite clear and accurate true right authentic understanding of yourself right because instead of defining it on the basis of some sort of mystical or whatever some sort of intuition of yourself right inside of yourself um you're going to be instead relying on the path towards reality right (laughs) which has to do with experience and intellect And that's exactly uh, what uh, St. Thomas lays out for us in the first part of the Summa. So if you think of, uh, you know, look at the Summa uh, Theologia, um, you know, it famously has this kind of weird division, right? You have the, the, the first part, then you have the, the first part of the second part, the second part of the second part, and then the third part. Uh, (laughs) So we're in the first part uh, of the Summa, the prima pars in Latin. Uh, And uh, the first part, concerns God and the angels and man and the governance of the world, right? So it's very much sort of like, here's your kind of metaphysical, cosmological picture of things, right? All the way from God down to man, down to the governance of things, right? Mm-hmm. In the in, in later uh, parts of the Summa, we shift more towards 
um, things about uh, ethics and things about uh, the sacraments and, and, and things of that nature, the spiritual life. So the prima par is right. We get sort of the sort of the taxonomy of things, right? The ontology yeah. of things, uh, including man. And he has a wonderful treatment of uh, the human person as body and soul, right? Mm -hmm. Very important, right? Uh, it's one of, you know, you always want to cling on to that. You're not body, you're not soul. You're not soul in the body. You're body and soul. That's a that's a conjunction. That's, that's right. right. And okay. good composite. There's that's good right. One. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We're composite <laughs> beings, right? So body and soul. Um, and and as he's going through that, right, he goes. He actually develops a, a fairly robust uh, psychology that is a low, you know, a study, a model, an understanding of the psyche, uh, both in terms of its ontological status, namely what is the soul. Mm -hmm but also in terms of its operations, right? Yeah. This is a, an aspect of, I think, uh, Thomism and Thomas thought that sometimes goes underappreciated is really just how sophisticated Thomas's account of the psyche is. One of the things that it's really great about it is it's, it's just gonna sound weird at first, Jason, right? But it's an account of the psyche that's not introspective, <laughs> right? And that kind of grates, right? At first Therefore, level. we should do away with it, right? It's interesting, though, right? Because so much of psychology today, contemporary psychology, is introspective. Now, there has been, I think, some corrective about this in, in sure. more recent years in terms of trying to use statistical models and things of that nature. But, you know, especially when you're thinking about, you know, uh, the, the early periods of, of modern uh, psychology, and I think still the case with pop psychology. I mean, especially if you get your psychology from Oprah Winfrey or some, you know, <laughs> like that, um, that, you know, it's, it's overwhelmingly introspective, right? Oh, yeah. You're, somehow you're looking inside yourself, right. In order to find the operations of your psyche. That's not Thomas's view, right? <laughs> Just like he, he endorses a kind of a, a classical realist model of knowledge. He also endorses, you know, concomitant with that, um, a view of the psyche, right? That I would call psychological realism, right? That is, we, we learn about the psyche through engagement with reality, not yeah. through introspection. Or divine navel gazing, as we like to call it. <laughs> right. What do you think about that, Jason? Yeah, no, it's 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 it sounds very old and out of date, but but at the same time, <laughs> I you know, I think it's one of those things that I think for the Christian. Uh, living today it's refreshing um, okay. yeah. because because I think there is a very a, very much a you know uh, Thomas's approach here it it simply speaks to how how we experience reality and how we operate right, right. our lives whereas much of the the you know the uh, uh, the, the the modern approach is just it, it's there, there, there's a real flaw in it that that fr I think frustrates the human mind. I mean, right. you know, the whole like, there's all these self help books that tell you just to go inside yourself and find the answer. <laughs> well, it's like no, that's why I'm going to a book. That's right. I'm going outside of myself because I can't figure myself out. I can't right. fix uh, myself. You know, uh, so I mean, there's this. I, I think I think uh, uh, Thomas is, is ever refreshing, and you know, again, I, I think it, it, it can really uh, provide some um, some sane 
mm-hmm. um, wisdom. Right. <laughs> right. And in this time of seemingly uh, uh, unforgiving insanity, <laughs> unforgiving insanity, I like that. <laughs> um, so the way Thomas frames this is to yeah. think about it in terms of the intellect knowing itself. So how does the intellect come to know itself? Mm-hmm. And really interestingly, he, he thinks about it this way. He says, well, something is knowable, right? Insofar as it is actual. Sounds good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? If it doesn't exist, it's not knowable, right? Uh, if it's a sheer nothing, it can't be thought. It yeah. can't be understood, right? Um, think about undefined consciousness, right? <laughs> right? Uh, if it's not something actual or definite, it can't be understood. Now, anybody that knows uh, much about Thomas's view of things, you know, that he follows Aristotle in thinking that, we need to articulate our metaphysics in terms of being, non-being, and potential being, right? right? But there's potential being. It's not as if the intellect doesn't exist, um, but it's important, uh, it's important to, to recognize that real things have both actual being and potential being, mm-hmm. things like us, and that anything that's known is known insofar as, not insofar as its potential, but insofar as it is actual. actual. Yeah. Okay. Now that also goes for our own intellect, for the intellect itself, right? If you want a reference, I'm not going to read it uh, because it's fairly dense, but look at, um, and maybe Jason, we can put a link here for your text here. uh, Prima Pars, that's part one, question 87, article one. And he lays out this principle. Okay, so a thing is knowable Mm -hmm. insofar as it's actual, right? That also goes for the intellect. When the intellect itself is the object of knowledge, it is only knowable insofar as it is actual. Okay. Yeah. And a good, a good way to understand this is this, what he's talking about here is why we get so frustrated with what if questions. Um, (laughs) The the actual matters. We can what if till we're blue in the face, but the actual is the thing that we are engaging with. The actual is the thing that matters that uh, we can't just kind of fall into this like infinite (laughs) potentiality, (laughs) but a thing is knowable insofar as it is actual. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That clarifies a little bit. (laughs) That's right. So, and so, uh, so that will be true also of the intellect. So the intellect itself is knowable insofar as it's actual rather than potential. Now, one of the things that's very clear, uh, right, is that our intellect is not um, fully and always in act, right? It has an inclination towards the truth, like any power uh, of the soul, but it's not always uh, or fully uh, actual, right? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Right. Sometimes it is to a greater degree. Uh, sometimes uh, it is to uh, a lesser degree. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, interestingly, right. He, he raises the question whether or not the intellect knows itself by its essence. Right. Or by our own essence. And he says, no. Right. Because we're not essentially an act. We're a mix of act and mm-hmm. potency. And this is the same with our own intellect. You mean, have you ever forgotten something or had to relearn it every day? Oh, there you go. Right. At one point, you actually knew. So my, my kids are at the age where I'm, 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 
helping them with math and I'm having to kind of relearn a lot of it. Right. <laughs> Which actually to be perfectly frank, I mean, this is pretty nerdy, but I'm kind of really enjoying it right? because I don't think I got it the first time. Like, I think <laughs> I just kind of eked by you know, um, originally, but you know, like, like learning about fractions and, and turning fractions into uh, to percentages and stuff. Like, this is great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Diagramming <laughs> sentences. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> so, um, but that, you know, that shows you like at one point I understood that stuff to some degree yeah. and then I didn't, and now I'm having to relearn it. Right. So I, I go from a, you know, having an actual knowledge of things like factoring, right. To uh, not having an actual knowledge of it and having an actual knowledge of it again. Right. So this shows us, right, that our intellect is not always in act, right? Sometimes it's in act and sometimes in, it's in potency. Then the key question is, so everybody follow along here. A thing is knowable insofar as it's actual. That means that the intellect is knowable in a, uh, insofar as it's actual. Mm -hmm. right? But sometimes the intellect is in act and sometimes it's in potency. So then the, the real question is, what is it that puts the intellect into act? What is yeah. it that actualizes intellect, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's engagement with reality. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you know, the intellect isn't the intellect isn't actualized by thinking itself first. Right. Uh, you're right. I mean, when I read that in Thomas, I was like, oh, thank God somebody said that. Because there's no <laughs> mounds of philosophy yeah. in which it was all about the mind knowing itself first and then trying to know reality yeah well that's just a dead end as i already mentioned okay um and it's not true to experience right we don't know the intellect first we first engage with the external objects that's when the intellect is actualized right the intellect is actualized by its encounter with sensible qualities of external real things right yeah and that's how the intellect comes to know right um uh to com comes to be an act okay this is different than angelic intellects mm -hmm. it's different than the divine intellect the divine intellect is always in act the angelic intellect uh is contingently in act but what it knows is itself its own essence but the human intellect is actualized uh, first and foremost, by uh, external sensible things. Material, right? yeah, I, material yeah. things, yeah. Yeah, that's what our intellect is set up to do. Yeah, and it, and like you said, it, it sounds it sounds very simple, but but it has if if you again if you get the if you get this wrong, which our current society does <laughs> a lot right. of times, it, it it everything else that follows is, is mm. going to be off. You know, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's if right. if our first movement is to sit there and to think about ourselves thinking, mm -hmm. you know, then you right. know, or to you know, or or that kind of engagement uh, mm -hmm. with just yourself, well, right, right, you know, it's gonna fall flat. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So what we discover here, right, if we take this right approach, is that uh, um, that we are so then so we know external things first. Mm -hmm. then we can know because then the intellect's an act yeah i discover about myself what am i i'm a knower i'm a knower of the external world i'm i am an agent of of truth right an agent inclined towards reality an agent that is uh defined not really 
an agent that's sort of defined by my by the fact that I have an internal relationship to something outside of myself, namely right. reality. Right? right. You can't you can't say I'm a I'm a knower. Okay. What do I know? Well, nothing. <laughs> that's why we have to first know something in mm -hmm, order mm -hmm. to say okay i'm 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 a thinking person now I, i've, right. I've, I've thought right. about this bookshelf in front of me or i've thought about this tree mm -hmm. in front of me i i know a little bit about this tree i know a little bit about this bookshelf mm -hmm. therefore i'm a thinker i'm a knower that's so right. it, it, there has to be that engagement with uh with material sensible things first right. in order to engage mm -hmm. us as human persons and again for the the order of our knowledge it has to go this way that's right absolutely yeah so what i discover about myself when uh i am actualized when the mind is actualized is that i'm a knower right mm -hmm. i am i'm an agent of truth right uh i am something that's ordered towards and is actualized in achieving the truth right so that yeah. something outside of myself namely reality right is actually kind of defining of me or my relationship to something outside of myself uh in addition to that when i reflect on my action uh on my uh on my knowing i yeah. find that my knowing is very often accompanied by willing right <laughs> and the, you know what i do is uh, again this is these are all you know complex topics but when i reflect on my mind and act what I find is that it's accompanied by intentions, right? And by choices, right? Mm -hmm. Intentions to avoid things, intentions to achieve things, choices to avoid things, choices to achieve things, right? And then, so that in, um, when I reflect on my, my knowing process, I also discover myself as someone who uh, not, uh, not only knows the good, but is capable, at least, right, of intending and choosing the good. Right. Yeah. So that I find about myself again, when I'm in act towards the external world, right. What I actually find is I'm an agent of truth and love. Right. Yeah. Again, the good here is not a good I find inside of myself. Right. But a good that's discovered outside of myself. Right. It's not, it's not internal to consciousness. Right. It's not consciousness itself. It's something that the intellect recognizes as a good feature of reality, right? Yeah. Does that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we're not saying that the that the intellect is always uh, correct. The intellect sure. could be mistaken, but the intellect is what gives the will its object to mm -hmm. move towards. And mm -hmm. it's not something that's just within myself. You know, it's some right, right. it's something that 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 engages the outside world, that engages mm -hmm. that uh, material world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I think it's that engagement with reality, right? Is yeah. that what we're doing is we're, we're knowing reality, we're understanding reality. Uh, we're intending certain features of reality, choosing certain features of reality, right? We, what, what we find is that man discovers himself and his identity as a, as a knower and as a lover through engagement with external objects, yeah, things and that's, outside of his consciousness, right? That's and the that's the key principle here mm -hmm. with with the whole topic of of coming to an authentic self understanding mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. is that in in this basic form how the 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 mind comes to know uh, and how we come to know that we are knowers right. mm -hmm. is through our engagement with uh, uh, knowing uh, external objects. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's so key and so healthy. And so opposite, right, yes. 
this false sense of the self, right? Which is all this kind of like self-obsessive, you call it navel gazing, right? I mean, it's just, you know, uh, self-defining. And I think people really get caught up in this. And the problem is, and this is what's so frustrating, they're depriving themselves of the very things that would help them answer their questions, yeah, right? Yeah. There are answers to these questions, but they're saying, well, oh, well, I can't, that's a separate self. I can't identify myself that way. And then they're caught up in this frustrating um, process uh, of a frustrating and really uh, useless process of self-discovery, you know, uh, that, that ends up in, in nothing, right? It ends up in yeah. delusion uh, or just frustration, right? Whereas the truth is, we come, and if I could be a little more expansive here, we come to know and understand ourselves um, most truly and accurately in knowing and loving others, right? Yeah, and I'll give, I'll give you a clear example. I, I've seen this time and time again. Um, and if, uh, um, especially if you have uh, teenagers um, <laughs> right. or anything like that, like, because I was a youth minister for years and I, I had God this. Bless, God bless you, Jason. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's great. Uh, but uh, it, it, it is. It, it's, it's very rewarding, but it's also, it, it's absolutely fascinating because, you know, the, the adolescent's mind and everything is really struggling with this, uh, this identity question and trying to right, do this. Right. And so many times we, we would take kids on like mission trips and things like that. Um, and, you know, several of the ones that we did were, um, kids would be, I mean, broken up into groups. So they're with people they don't know and they're going to serve a community that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And in many times, particular people that they've never met in their life. And they're asked to give of themselves. They're not getting paid mm-hmm. for any of this stuff. In fact, they had to pay to go on this thing <laughs> uh, or their, or at least their parents did. Sure. Um, but, but at the end of the, the, the mission trip or the week, you know, we would, we would, you know, I would, you know, help them process, you know, kind of the things that they're, they're experiencing, helping them interpret it in light of the gospel. And, and so many times the kids would say, I know it seems that we help these people, you know, a little bit, but I feel like I got so much more out of it than I think that I provided to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, so I'd help, you know, guide them through it and, and everything. And it's, it's because, you know, and again, it goes to right. the truth of also scripture, right? It is in giving that you right. receive, right? Um, that, 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 again, this is part of God's design for us as, mm-hmm. you know, our, our minds are ordered towards mm-hmm. uh, the truth. And that truth is, is outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we can discover it in that way. And when we discover it, um, we actually understand more about ourselves. And so, right, you know, right. but, but our world really, really turns it up upside down yeah, and just yeah. says, well, you know, everything is within you. You make all mm-hmm. the decisions. Your autonomy is the highest right. virtue and yada, 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 uh-huh. broken uh-huh. world. Um, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Jason. But, but yeah. I think we've all had that experience where, you know, mm-hmm. with, whether it be something spontaneous where we, somebody needs something and we, we, we help them out or, or, or something right. like that. Uh, you know, you're like, wow, I, you know, or, or, or it could be the other way around. You're like, wow, I'm a rotten person. Um, or, <laughs> you know, but you know, something more about yourself mm-hmm. uh, uh, based on, based on your, uh, your interactions with uh, the things outside of yourself. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, it, you can't just go on this uh, internal road trip 
with you know little credence clearwater in the background and just expect to find yourself you can't hey hey my favorite road trip of music but I mean, if anybody's younger than 30 they're like who the heck are you talking about yeah go look about their um yeah, those, uh, that's absolutely right. You know, talk. You know, again, kind of less less formally speaking, but yeah. you know, this idea of um, you know finding yourself and giving yourself away uh, that that's you know something that that we all experience at different times. You know, some for some reason, even when we experience it, we have this kind of and I, I would talk it up to original sin kind of tendency to kind of forget it though, right? Kind yeah. Of, fall back into our kind of native selfishness, um, you know, and self-centeredness, but sure, you know, like that sense of being, uh, sometimes people talk about being part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, I think that's one of the things that we, that we love about certainly, uh, about aesthetic experience. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that some, when we have that, probably the most common way of defining it is when something is so beautiful and so attractive, right that we lose our sense of ourselves right and are absorbed yeah. by that that thing that's outside of ourselves right yeah for myself you know this most often like a lot of people like in terms of engagement with nature that you know when you when you have that beautiful vista uh or the powerful ocean right um you know that kind of thing that uh you're, you're drawn outside of of you know the boundaries of your own just sort of you know consciousness yeah. and so forth right uh into something beyond yourself that's great, right? You know, because that's actually where we discover ourselves most, right? Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. other thing, I mean, I don't know, this is just my take on it, but, you know, I, I even find, you know, many of those experiences are are usually quite humbling. Sure. Like yeah. you look at a, if you're sitting on the beach and you're looking at a sunset or mm-hmm. you're standing on a mountain and you're looking out uh, uh, over just thousands and thousands of acres, you're you're humbled. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. small, uh-huh. whereas all of modern psychology tells you how mm-hmm. great you are, and right. how, <laughs> right. how nothing is really a sin. And uh-huh. I mean, it's just it's just building up. It's building up your pride. Whereas, I, you know, I think this engagement with mm-hmm. that we're talking about here, a lot sure. of times it's humbling, you know, that's, and that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Because you might you might be engaged with somebody else and figure out, man, that person's really a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> Yeah. you know and then you're like okay well, that's part of knowledge of myself too and yeah that's okay you know like uh that, that's that's part of uh, uh of who and uh and what i am i think there's a lot more we could say here jason but i sure. think we've probably given given our listeners at least a framework for this right is is that the, the authentic understanding of the self it arrives not from thinking about the self first mm-hmm. right that, the, that's why the whole self-discovery thing is misguided Right? Yeah, because you don't find yourself by looking for yourself. You find <laughs> yourself, and you discover um, the the truth about yourself through uh, knowing and loving things outside of yourself, through knowing and loving others. Right? Um, I think that resonates with our experience in life. Sure. I think that resonates with our relationships, our friendships, our romantic relationships, all those sorts of things. Right? Um, uh, and is so much more fruitful, yeah. Right, and offers, I think, a clear and powerful alternative to the introspective, undefined consciousness, fruitless path that's so often uh, proposed to us. Yeah, and, and I think it, I think it also provides a, a very um, 
kind of simple pathway for Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, love everybody. Um, right. You know, <laughs> like even your enemies, like there's, there's, there's a, there's a real simplicity to it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it is, you know, it's in all of those, those, you know, little things that we can yeah. like, you know, mother Teresa says doing those little things with great love, mm-hmm. like th- those are going to be the things that, that tell you about yourself. Right, uh, right, if right. that's, you know, and, and, you know, many times the more, the more we do this, actually the the less absorbed we are from our uh-huh, with ourselves which is this weird you know christian paradox where mm-hmm. you know we begin to okay i want to understand myself well you know christ says you know uh, give everything away or you know give of yourself mm-hmm. and you'll receive and mm-hmm. so i do that you know and all of a sudden you know what i don't care about myself anymore like it's, that's right, it's, that's right. it's, this, it's this weird uh-huh. it's this weird uh kind of Again, the, the the paradox of the cross, you know, the mm-hmm. the sign of contradiction. Um, uh, I I think it's just so key. But but you know, for our listeners especially, be able to be able to uh, recognize the this kind mm-hmm. of um, false psychology that's out there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's just completely self absorbed, and it doesn't lead to virtue. It actually leads uh, more to to vices. Uh, sure. And to look for this, uh, uh, what you coined, you know, psychological realism. That's right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So the more we can engage um, uh, with the things that are outside of ourselves by knowing and loving other people, mm-hmm. by knowing mm-hmm. and lo- loving external objects, we right. come to know ourselves uh, better. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, Absolutely. And, and that's where we begin. That's kind of sure. the, 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 the first step to all this. Sure. All right, Dr. Smith, I think we've given our listeners uh, a lot to think about today. And I hope that uh, they will, uh, you know, I know it sounds very simple, but, but if you just go look at a self-help uh, section of <laughs> yeah, any bookstore so, that's still there, there's, it, it's so prevalent. It may sound simple, but it's really important. And, uh, and I think there's just a lot of practical use, both for yourself. Okay. Yeah. And for your children, but also for your friends, you know, like when you get into these kind of conversations about, I don't, you know, I just don't really know anything about myself anymore or whatever that might be, you know, um, you know, Oh, really? You know, like you can say, you know, I don't, when I think about these issues, I think about my children. I think about, yeah. you know, the, the, the woman I love, I think about my country. I think about, you know, those sorts of things. And I, you know what? there it is you know like i can actually identify myself right yeah 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 and it's not all this it's not all self uh, uh self-imposed or <laughs> you, do, you, you don't need a guru <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. all right well i hope all of our listeners uh, uh have enjoyed this please uh go and check out all of our content over at catholicstudiesacademy.com uh we have full classes in epistemology and other aspects of uh, uh philosophy Uh, taught by Dr. Smith here. In the meantime, God bless.